God's people with your host, Dennis Beard. God doing a new thing. It was a startling fact that when we were in Kenya, Transamera, Kenya, Africa, after preaching about four hours at a Maasai tribal church and hadn't slept in a couple of nights, uh, we came out of that meeting and the Lord visited us. As I was going across the road, the Holy Ghost hit me. And we know that there's a work of God, the work of the ministry. We know it's the last of the last days, but there was a profound word. It was a startling word. It was a startling truth. And that is basically the Lord said, seal my people by my word. As I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Many other things that he said and showed us about the nations, but that's the primary, the basis, uh, the basic truth. That's the bottom line. Well, that is a profound truth. Now, did Jesus say these things? Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, disciples. You're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me, for all that the Father's given is given unto me, and will show you things that will come to pass. Show you things are the things of faith, because faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. In Revelation 4.1, it's not the rapture. It is that startling truth of the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is those things that will come to pass hereafter. Notice that John said there was a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither, not a rapture, and I will show you things, those things of faith, the things that Jesus said, that there are many things I need to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now, but when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he will speak of me. He'll show you those things that will come to pass. And he starts that in Revelation 4.1 with the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And signified it by his angel unto John. John, the beloved disciple. John, the Baptist, forerun. Jesus' first coming. And John that in the spirit of Elijah will forerun Jesus' second coming. Just as Jesus stated that in uh, Matthew 17, coming out off the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John saw his majesty, and they asked Jesus, why do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come and, and restore all things? Then Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things now those all things are the things of truth you know all things you know all truth no lies of the truth it's given us to know these things those are the things of faith faith is the substance of things hoped for that's now faith the evidence of things not seen those things are eternal things which the is the eternal truth Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So Jesus spoke of another day. We know that in Hebrews 4. That if Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He went ahead and said, I have many things to tell you, disciples. And they had walked with Jesus three and a half years. 
beginning his ministry at about the age of 30. He's headed to Jerusalem, there to be crucified. And he then tells his disciples after they had walked with him for three and one half years, I have many things to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. Well, when will it be revealed? Well, that's now faith. Is the substance of things, hope, or the evidence of things not seen? So Revelation 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. That is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Because we know in Revelation 12, this woman brings forth a man child caught up to God into his throne. Raptured? No. What, what is that man child? To show unto the servants of God things which must shortly come to pass. Revelation 1 verse 1. John said it again, Revelation 4, verse 1, The door opened in heaven, and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, Come up hither. There's that man-child caught up to God into his throne. His throne in Revelation It's a new thing. And I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. Now we go to Revelation 12. A woman clothed with the sun and moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of twelve stars. She cried in travailing and pain to bring forth and brought forth a man-child, caught up to God into his throne. Well, what? He saw things unlawful for a man to speak, the same thing, the same man that Paul saw, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Such as one caught up to the third heaven and saw things which was unlawful for a man to speak. The same that Paul said in Hebrews 9, 5, Speaking of the worldly sanctuary with a divine service, talking about the cherubim of glory, Hebrews 9, 5, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now we cannot speak particularly. But we can't speak particularly about it now. Paul didn't run out of time. He'd been a long time preaching. If there was a word he could have brought to them, he said, I am ashamed to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Well, why couldn't he go ahead and speak particularly about the cherubim shadowing the mercy seat? Because the cherubim are the living creatures that is in the season of tabernacles, not Pentecost. It's a different season. It's a new season. It's a new thing. It's a new wine that must be put into new wineskins, and God's preparing that now for those that have an ear to hear. Now, I've had some ministers call me and said, uh, Brother Beard, what is it that we need to hear? And I've said, I don't know. Why, why are you asking me? And he said, well, the Lord spoke your name. Well, the thing is that visitation that God is sealing his people now. That's the only thing that has been a radical change in our ministry. That he said, I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God. That's the only thing, so send I you. Well, it's not of us, any our righteousness or our holiness that God is doing these things with us. We're simply servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that simply is the word of God as servants to the body of Christ. So we started the podcast. And we've been doing that almost a year now. And it happened there January the 19th, 2019, there in the Maasai Travel Church there in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa. 
and we've got the word out as much best we can to the ability that God giveth about this profound truth in the present proceeding word of God. Now, those that have an ear to hear will hear for the time to come. And this is upon us now. Now, Jesus said, there are many things that I need to tell you, disciples. They had walked with Jesus three and a half years. He said, but you're not able to bear them now. It's not in the right season. Now, whenever Jesus, we go to the book of Acts, the first chapter. Now, Jesus is seen alive after his passion by as many as 500 brethren at one time for 40 days. He has been the Passover lamb sacrificed for us, buried. That's our unleavened bread, the spotless, blameless, perfect lamb of God. And he's raised from the dead declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that's a feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, and feast of first fruits. That's revealed to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels there. Then we come to the book of Acts. Now, Jesus in Acts, the first chapter, we still hadn't had the things revealed yet. And the disciples then asked Jesus, will you at this time, Restore again the kingdom to Israel? Well, they know that according to the promise given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, etc., that in Genesis 12, that God will make of Israel, the nation Israel, national Israel, a great nation, and all the nations in the earth will be blessed in them. That is a promise to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and will be done. There's your millennial reign. However, Jesus said, uh, it's not given unto you to know the times and the seasons that God has put in his own power, but you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. In other words, it's not that time yet. <clears throat> You're going into the church age, dispensation of grace. Well, receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Witnesses of him, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the most parts of the world. Now, we've been in this Pentecostal season for over two days, 2,000 years. A day with the Lord is 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is a day. We've been there over two days. Now, in the third day, which we're in now, he said, I'll raise you up, and you will live in my sight, Hosea 6, 1 through 4. And if we fall on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And he will come to us as the rain, the coming, the parousia. He'll come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. That former rain was Acts, the second chapter, the Pentecostal rain. But then there's the latter rain. The latter rain of the Holy Ghost is a new season. It's not in Pentecost. It's in the season of tabernacles, and we start the Feast of Trumpets. The trumpets is the ministry voice of Jesus Christ. The voice of a multitude, the voice of many waters, the voice of an host. It's a voice of many people. And they will be in one mind, one accord, and speak the same things. These are the things that Jesus said, I have many things to tell you. But you're not able to bear it now, but the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ, 
He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He did. Jesus came to him on the day of Pentecost. He said, some of you will not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And there, of course, Jesus Iscariot was not present. He went out and hanged himself. His bowels gushed out. But on the day of Pentecost, most were alive. And they saw Jesus, the Son of Man, coming in his kingdom. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus in you. And he said, now I'm going to lead you and guide you into all things, many things that we must enter into unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ in all things, growing up into the Lord Jesus in all things and being not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So Jesus spoke of another day. He said the day is coming and now is when those that are dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those that hear shall live. Well, there's the voice of the Son of God, and it takes the voice of the Son of God in obedience to that voice for the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him, and the ones that do hear will grow up from glory to glory, from faith to faith, even into the same image of Jesus Christ. Now, with that said, Jesus is not coming back for a church with lesser glory. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot, without blemish. So the new thing, the new thing that God is doing, and he's warning his people now and admonishing us to follow on to know him. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He'll give us the morning star. And how is that? He will come to us as the rain, not the rapture, the rain, the former and the latter rain. Now, Zechariah 10, 1, ask you of rain in the time of the latter rain. Then so the Lord will make bright clouds Send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. But Amos 7 also says this is the latter growth, that last latter rain of the Holy Ghost. It's the latter growth after the king's mowings. So there's some mowings in judgment. And that's what's happening now. God's pruning his church to bring forth more fruit. The fruit harvest, not, not the corn harvest of, of uh, wheat and barley, that speaks of Pentecost. But the fruit harvest of oil and wine, that's Tishri. That's the latter rain. That's a total different season. Are we in it now? No. Somebody said, we're already in the latter rain. No, you're not. We're, we are contending for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. But he's sealing those people now for the ones that are earnestly and diligently seeking with, uh, for the Lord with all their heart. And those are the ones that he's going to use in the voice of the ministry, in the work of the ministry that we're called for in Ephesians 4. So what is that new thing? Take a look at Isaiah 43, and he tells you who he is. The servant of God is God himself, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. In Isaiah 43, 10, it says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Now the Trinity world are going to tell you that that is the second person of the Godhead, the servant, which is that man, Jesus Christ. That is not so because we have to not lean to our own understanding. We have to lean upon the arm of God and lean upon him only. Trust in the Lord and in him only and we'll be blessed. Well, he says in Isaiah 43, 10, thus saith the Lord, the Tetragrammaton, Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, Jehovah, Yahweh, and my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like there's two. Somebody say, well, if God sent the Son, then it has to be a separate person. No, it doesn't. 
And that's where we have missed it. And the Lord is correcting us through judgment. And the people that have an ear to hear will come out and come into the truth, the present truth of the word of God. He said, thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, that spirit, God is the spirit, the Almighty God, the Elohim, Jehovah, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Believe God, not, not uh, of the bishops or the apostles or the prophets or whatever, or denominations, but believe the word of God. God said, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, and he tells you who to believe, that you may know and believe me and understand. I want you to understand who I am. That God said uh, that I am he. He, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, God Almighty is the servant. Made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man. Philippians 2, 6. Isaiah 43.10, he is that servant. God, the Almighty God, is that servant. He is Emmanuel, God with us. There is no second person of the Godhead. God says, there's none beside me. I know not any. Now, this revelation is what will be given in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. These things are a higher level of faith. They're a higher level of glory. And it goes from glory to glory. We see that in 2 Corinthians 3. And that we find there that he said that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. He tells us right then who the servant is. The Lord, who is Jesus only, is that spirit. Not a spirit and a man or a God man. The Lord is that spirit. The man Christ Jesus has been made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. He's always been the spirit of God. He is that spirit and will always be that spirit. Now, with that said, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, we're to stand the liberty wherein Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We all with open face. Beholding is in a glass the glory of the Lord. Now, we're seeing through a, a glass darkly now. But then, this is face to face. You will live in my face. I'll raise you up, and you will, I will raise you up in that third day. And you will live before me, God said. That's face to face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we all with open face. Beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. Not a different image. Not something less. The same image of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. How? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's a thing that God is doing in the new thing, and what is that? To bring us, the body of Christ, into all truth. Not partial truth, not seeing through a glass darkly, but then adding to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the God life, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity rejoices in the truth. Charity is a full-grown servant of God that will be sealed in Revelation 7. The servants of our God sealed in their forehead. Those are the only ones sealed that have come to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ 
and they are the living creatures. They are the Zoe. They are the four beasts before the throne of God in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. And they are the ones that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world for witness in all nations in the end will come. No one else will be used. That is the body of Christ. They're the two olive trees. The olive trees there in Revelation 11, there are the cherubim, the cherubim of glory made out of olive trees overlaid with gold, 1 Kings 6.23. It's an engraving of an engraver. That's the ceiling. And you'll see that in 1 Kings 6. And on the walls, not only do you have the cherubim of glory, 10 cubits high, with a five cubit on each wingspan, overshadowing or shadowing the mercy seat from one wall of the fur wall to the other one in the holiest of all, the most holy place, covering the mercy seat, shadowing the mercy seat. Why? Because it's touching the walls of salvation. And how do we know the walls of salvation are there? Because on the walls there are carved, etched in there, in an engraver of an engraving, cherubim, which are the living creatures, with open flowers and palm trees, which is not Pentecost. That's tabernacles. That's the final season. That's all truth. That those are the servants of God that have grown up into Jesus in all things and all truth and knowing those things that are coming upon the earth to try the earth. Now that's where we are in the new things. And Jesus told us that there I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. Now, when is it? He is the Holy Ghost. He's leading us and guiding us into all truth now. And he expects us to be full grown, not little babies, not little children, not young men, but full fathers grown up in him and all things. And that is what we're seeing in the new thing in Isaiah 43, 10, that thus saith the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen, that man, Christ Jesus, the Son of God, who is the Father revealed, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. That servant is God. That man is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God of glory. Even in his humiliated state, where he's made himself of no reputation, still you can bow down before that man and receive, he'll receive worship, and you will not be in idolatry because he is the only true God and eternal life. He said, before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. That is a basic tenet of the faith of Christ in the revelation of Christ and know Christ and who he is. Christ is that spirit who made himself a body of flesh and blood as Christ, the man, the son of God, who is the father revealed. That's the doctrine of Christ. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. He goes and says there, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. There's only one God. There's not two or three persons in that Godhead. He said, I've declared and have saved and showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witness, says the Lord, that I, I am God. God alone. Jesus Christ. There's no other that I know not any. There's none beside me. I know not any. There's no junior up here. There's no son of God up here. 
for the Father is the invisible spirit manifest, seen in the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. He said, yea, before the day was, I am he. That's before God ever created the day. Before creation, I am he. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He is that God. And there's none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who will let it? Who is this? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer. The Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, at Tetragrammaton, is your Redeemer. Not a second person of the Godhead, not a different person, but the same one. So the whole work of God will reveal who he is. For once and for all, without an ecumenical council of Synod in 325 A.D. of the uh, Nicene Creed of the Chalcedonian definition of 451 A.D. of the God-man, and all these that try to put and pin the tail on the donkey but miss the mark. And that's the reason why God will do a work in judgment that all may know him from the least to the greatest. He goes and says that, he said, I, there, look at verse uh, uh, 15 in chapter 43. And we're talking about the new thing that he's doing. The new thing is for one reason. To show who he is. To, that the Lord will show that he is God Almighty and there's not another. That he will receive the glory due to his name, Jesus. That he is the Father of glory. That he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. Not to the glory of the Son, the glory of the Father. He says, I am the Lord. There it is. He's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. You're holy one, not a holy trinity. We have somehow or another hewed out these, these uh, cisterns that can hold no water, clouds with no rain, trees, trites plucked up by the roots, saying that there's a trinity. No, there is only one, a holy one. I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Who's the creator? Jesus is. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. The Lord created all things, things with be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, all things were made by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Jesus Christ, he's the word. He is that God. And he goes on and says, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Now we know that we have that uh, multitudes, uh, uh, the kindreds, that, that, that uh, the nations of the world. And he says, which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse and the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as toe. We're talking about the judgment of God here. And it's happening now. We're seeing famine, pestilence, sword, noise, and beast coming upon the earth. And it is uh, accelerating. It's epoching. It's crescendoing. It's getting more and more. And he said, now remember you not the former things. That's the former things of faith. Remember you not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Remember, you're not those former things, the things of old. Why? Because he says there, I'm doing a new thing. Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Don't sit back and be a Pentecostal when God has gone on to call you to be a tabernacleist. He has changed seasons and changed gears. And we 
the body of Christ, they'll think, well, we're Pentecostals. When God has changed gears farther, way farther on down the highway of holiness. Behold, I will do a new thing. So remember you not the former things. Don't focus on those. Didn't say forget them. Remember them not. Don't focus on those things. That's exactly what he's saying in uh, the Hebrews 6. There, therefore, leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. I didn't say forget them or, you know, cast them out. They're not true. They are true. He said, leaving, therefore, don't, don't focus on those. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of baptism, laying on the hands and resurrection, eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Let us go on unto perfection. We have to go to a higher revelation of Jesus in this new thing. You can't hold on to simply an Acts 2.38, 4.12.8.16, Acts 10, a baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of baptism, and laying on hands. That's wonderful. It's true. But he says, leaving, therefore, don't preach that, and that's the only uh, for the kingdom of God. That's all there is. No, there's not. It's far more. Leaving, therefore, the first principles of the oracles of God, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again that foundation of faith toward God. Repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. Well, yes, you have to have faith toward God. The doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of the hands and of the resurrection and eternal judgment, and this will we do if God permit. But let us go on unto perfection. Who will hear for this time? God has called us to that. And he says, don't remember those former things and take a look at it. He said in Isaiah 43, verse 19, I will do a new thing. Now shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's a startling revelation. It's something just springing forth. It's one of those that the Jesus immediately, straightway, it suddenly, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. That was a form of rain. There will be a suddenly now for those that prepare for it. And he goes on and says, this new thing that he will do, he said, remember you're not the former things, neither consider the things of old. There's a new thing. Don't sit there and say the old things, the old way is better. God's doing a new thing. Walk in the light as he's in the light. We have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. All we have to do is obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. I do a new thing. And he said, the beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness. This is he coming from the wilderness. Make straight the paths of the Lord. What is that? The Elijah ministry, reconciliation. For heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things. Acts 3, 20 and 21. So Jesus is not coming back until things are restored. He's coming back for a perfect, spotless, blameless church. Not one with backbindings, hate, envy, strife, 23,000 different denominations, and none of them is in one mind and one accord. But he's drawing those out to bring in one body to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ into all truth. Now, that's hard for some to believe, but that's exactly what he's doing. And it will be a glorious church without spot or without blemish. And that's the one he's coming back for. That's the new thing that he's doing. 
That is the thing that Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ to reveal him, the unveiling of him. All shall know him from the least to the greatest. For the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Here we are. We're at the door right now. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. If any man will hear my voice, open the door. You have to open the door of your heart. Well, you have to have an open face. We all with open face. You have to open that face, your spirit, to these things of God. Let the Holy Ghost uh, lead and guide and yield to that leading of the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. It's all in obedience. Therefore, the new thing is reserved for those that will obey him in all truth, not partial truth, all truth. I know it's a radical thing. And somebody said, well, you know, I just thought we were saved, sanctified, and that was it. And there's, you know, we, we obeyed uh, uh, Acts 2.38. And that was it, born of the water and spirit. I thought that was all there is. No, there's not. There's more. He wants us to go on unto perfection. Well, the fundamentals to say, well, whosoever called upon the name of the Lord should be saved. Romans 10.9. Now, with confession made with the mouth and with the heart, man believeth unto salvation. Well, the heart there, you have to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. You have to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Fundamentalists go on there to the Pentecostal realm, the Pentecostal realm all the way unto that final holiness. And that is to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, growing up into him and all things, all things of faith. And that things of faith is the spirit of prophecy. Well, we find in Revelation 12, those uh, that literally are born have Christ in them, the hope of glory, in the full measure. They keep the commandments of God. Why? Because they love him. He that loveth God keepeth his commandments and have the testimony of Jesus. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. What is that? The testimony of Jesus. Well, in Revelation 14, verse 12, it said, these are the ones, uh, the, the redeemed, they're the ones that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is that faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. They have received the things of God in present truth, not Pentecostal truth, present truth. Tabernacles, the Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus. They will be the living creatures that will say, come and see, and they will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world. Those are the ones that God is preparing in one body, one mind, one accord, one faith, one faith, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of all and us all. He's leading us into that truth now, not next year, not it's now. Matter of fact, we're leading hearing the word of God. Therefore, the judgments of God are in the earth to help us and chastening us to go ahead and get in the truth. And there will be more. Famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast, not to destroy the mankind, but to get us to return to him. We see that in Hosea 6. Come and let us return to the Lord. Why? For he hath torn, he will heal us, he has smitten. He will bind us up. God's doing it. Somebody said, well, these things are just happenstance. You know, the Wuhan, you know, the 
this coronavirus and whatever the case is, and we had Ebola and we had HIV and all these other things. Well, God said they would be. They would be kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, famine, pestilence, sword. They would be these, these God's four sword judgments, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are just the beginning of sorrows, birth pains, that he is birthing Christ in the church. That's the whole reason for it, not for a businessman to get more money and, and be millionaire, billionaires, or whatever the case is. Their money perishes with them. Talking about the body of Christ with an eternal inheritance, inheriting all things in the Lord Jesus Christ as a joint heir, those that suffer with him. He's doing it now. The faith once delivered to the saints is the testimony of Jesus. It is the spirit of prophecy and knowing those things that are coming upon the earth for the revelation of revealing of Jesus in and through the body of Christ to all nations. And then the end will come. If it strikes a chord in you and you're saying, yes, I believe that. There's a new thing. God's doing it. It's a new season. Somebody says, well, a new season. I wonder what it is. God's showing it right now. He's sealing his people right now. You're sealed by the word. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What? He speaks. The Holy Ghost speaks of me, Jesus said. That the, the function of the Son of God, the Word of God, you sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. It's the word that sanctifies us, and we have to believe that. And that is when we receive these things of faith, tried as by fire, brings forth pure gold, glory unto God. When they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what he's doing now. If you believe these things, we need to hear from you. God is bringing his body into one. It's not a denomination. It is the body of the Christ. Those that have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Those that have an ear and that, that eye is single to your spirit, you know that these things are true. Give us a call. We want to meet you. We want to be one with you. If every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, body coming together in the unity of the faith, God's doing it now. Write to me, Dennis Spirit, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us over the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. There, write to me. We would love to hear from you at the post office box there, and I'll give you uh, a call back or meet you uh, there where we can come together in this great work of the ministry that God is gathering his people together in one now. We've gone to Africa since 2012 uh, many, many times, uh, approaching over 15 times. We have over 1,000 ministers there that are embracing this word and having great blessings, knowing that it's the truth and excited about it. Well, it's the thing, and it is joy unspeakable and full of glory when you receive the word. It's not, you know, a mechanical worship. It is the joy of the Lord. It is the power of God and the salvation. Well, let us hear from you. Uh, those that are giving us your prayerful support, we thank you for that as well as your generous offerings where Bible River Kicks Podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Ben Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.